This is Radio Parallax, a slightly different perspective from a slightly different view, with topics that include matters in science, technology, history, politics, current events, and whatever we damn well please. And now the host of Radio Parallax, Douglas Everett. It is, of course, Christmas Eve, which of course gives us our annual opportunity to play our favorite piece of Christmas music. Yes, it's hard to top the canine version of Jingle Bells. We will strive for the next hour to make sure that that was not the high point of today's show. If you are listening at all, you are probably uh, on the job somewhere, perhaps commuting somewhere, but almost certainly not sitting down to Christmas dinner. We're fairly confident there will be fewer of you listening this evening. So we thought what we would do is go to the archives and pull out some of our favorite segments from past programs, which many of you may not have heard on the first go-through, unless you've been in our archives. And I hope you have been in our archives, because at radioparallax.com, we have all but something like our first, uh, I don't know, 40 or 50 shows available for you, dear listener. You can just use our search function to type in a name and uh, noodle around and See what you can come up with. You have, I don't know, well over 300 shows to choose from, which which, kind of makes it hard for us to choose which ones we want to play for you today, but we'll see what we can do. I haven't made up my mind quite yet, but after conferring with Mr. McMillan as we go along, I'm sure we'll, we'll come up with something. But let us begin today's program as we like to do with On This Date in History, the date in question, of course, being Christmas Eve, December 24th. It was on December 24th in 1814 that the War of 1812 ended with the Treaty of Peace and Amity between Great Britain and the United States being signed in Gaunt, I believe it's pronounced Gaunt, Belgium. Maybe it's Ghent, I don't know. (laughs) It's Christmas Eve, I'm too lazy to look it up. By terms of the treaty, all conquered territory was to be returned and a commission was established to settle the boundary of the United States and Canada. And although it's true that the White House was burned by British troops during the War of 1812, it was in retaliation for the, the burning of buildings in Toronto by American forces. Speaking of fires, on this date in 1851, a fire at the Library of Congress in Washington destroyed about two-thirds of its 55,000 volumes, including, unfortunately, most of Thomas Jefferson's personal library. It was on this date in 1865 in Pulaski, Tennessee, that a group of Confederate veterans convened to form a secret society that they named the Ku Klux Klan. The KKK rapidly grew into a paramilitary force bent on reversing the federal government's Reconstruction era in the South. On December 24th in 1906, the world's first radio entertainment program was broadcast. Canadian scientist Reginald Fessenden of Brant Rock, Massachusetts, broadcast a poetry reading, a violin solo, and a speech. Which means that Fessenden's broadcast is just now reaching the star star Zeta Aquarii. So if there are any inhabited planets with radio receivers out at Zeta Aquarii, they've just now been treated to some poetry, violin music, and a speech. And a bit of curious trivia related to this star, it in the year 2003, crossed from the southern hemisphere into the northern. 
This took place due to the precession of the Earth's poles, a 26,000-year wobble in our planet's axis. We're going to talk a little about stars, uh, either on, later on today's show or in the next week or two. It's amazing what we're learning about uh, the nearby stars. I mean, there's a whole encyclopedia of data out there, and I wanted to, to share a few nuggets. But let us first uh, do our quote of the day. The late great entertainer Steve Allen once said, One of the nice things about problems is that a good many of them do not exist, except in our imaginations. Our quip of the day comes from a man Steve Allen admired. Fred Allen, no relation. Radio legend Fred Allen once said, The first time I sang in a church choir, 200 people changed their religion. I think we like Fred Allen, so let's have a bonus quip from him, which is, Television is a device that permits people who haven't anything to do to watch people who can't do anything. Our stat of the day is 7 million email messages a day between 1997 and 2003. Those were the number, the horrible number, of spam messages sent out by Adam Rolski under a variety of fake names. We're happy to report that Mr. Rolski's been sentenced to more than four years in prison for that activity. Our joke of the day was sent in by Millicent. You may have heard this one before. In fact, I think we've used it before. But it's so good, we're going to use it again. Noted Millicent, heaven is where the police are British, the chefs are Italian, the mechanics are German, the lovers are are French, and it's all organized by the Swiss. Conversely, hell is where the police are German, the chefs are British, the mechanics are French, the lovers are Swiss, and it's all organized by the Italians. Anyway, I hope we've offended everyone with that one. As we segue into the good, the bad, and the ugly. According to the Week magazine, it was a good week last week for legal ethics, a phrase which some say is an oxymoron. After Florida's Judicial Ethics Advisory Committee decided that lawyers and judges shouldn't be friends on Facebook. The committee ruled it reasonably conveys to others the impression that these lawyers' friends are in a special position to influence the judge. Oh, come on, what are the odds? Might be tempted to recycle that joke we used a few weeks ago. What do you call the person who finishes last in his law school class? Answer, your honor. Moving right along, it was a bad week last week for Golf Digest. Apparently the January 2010 cover features a picture of Tiger Woods and President Barack Obama with the headline, 10 tips Obama can take from Tiger and it was an ugly week a couple weeks back for professional tennis. 
when tennis star Serena Williams got fined a record $82,500 and was put on two years probation for her angry tirade at the U.S. Open in September, wherein she threatened to kill the line judge. Although, oddly enough, I understand she did later make the line judge a friend on Facebook. All right, from the Only in America file, we have this item. A Michigan man is facing up to a year in jail for playing basketball in his front yard. Apparently, Matthew Freeman, age 23, was classified as a sex offender when he was 17 for having sex with his 15-year-old girlfriend. Michigan state law bars sex offenders from coming within 1,000 feet of a school, and police say Freeman's front yard is 326 feet from the school. Said Matthew, I can't even play basketball on my own hoop. He will be on the list until 2028. All right, we want to do some good news on today's program, and there's some good news from space. Ever since the asteroid Apophis was discovered in 2004, and it was discovered that there was a possibility that it would collide with the Earth, causing a catastrophe, either in the year 2028 or when it makes a second pass in the year 2036, well... Updated computational techniques and newly available data indicate the the probability of Apophis hitting the Earth in 2028 is now zero, and the chance that it will hit us in 2036 has dropped from about 1 in 45,000 to about 4 in a million. Speaking of space, uh, NASA wants to take a look in uh, the near future for some brown dwarfs out there in the universe. We're going to talk about that, I think, in a future program. I just want to note today that uh, it may well be, the odds they think are about 50-50, that if they do find one, it may be the closest object out in deep space to our solar system. It may be closer than the Alpha Centauri system. Now, you often hear our our sun run down as being kind of a nothing nothing star, but actually it's in the top 10% of stars in the universe. Uh, Most stars out there are pretty humdrum little red dwarfs. In fact, it's estimated that uh, perhaps 80% of the stars in our galaxy are uh, red dwarfs, which are are so dim that even the closest ones are not visible to the naked eye. In fact, to pick uh, one example, the star Wolf 395, which has the distinction of being the third closest star system to, uh, to us, is so dim that if you took the sun out of the solar system and replaced it with Wolf 395... Daylight would only be as bright as about 10 full moons. Wolf 395 is apparently only two one-hundred-thousandths as bright as our sun. Although it does have the distinction of apparently being a fictional battle place in one of the Star Trek series. Anyway, we'll take a walk through our local celestial neighborhood either on next week's show or the week after. But you know, luckily we've heard from our good pal Will Durris, so let's let's see what America's foremost political comic has to say about uh, about things. And today, it's the most wonderful time of the year. 
Just ask anybody. Oh, they'll tell you over and over and over again. On the radio, they've been pounding it into our heads since November 1st. That's when a lot of stations went 24-7 Christmas. And every one of them went 24-7 Christmas ads nauseam. A sixth of a year, longer than the lifespan of four generations of drone ants. Double the playoff contention of the Detroit Lions. Now, it's fair to say that a great many of us are not going to find everything we want under the tree, so let me offer up my annual scathingly incisive yet curiously refreshing Will Durst's 2009 Christmas gift wish list. These are the presents that folks may not have received wrapped up with bows, but certainly deserved. For Bernie Madoff, a sudden illness that causes him to die peacefully in his sleep. For Tiger Woods, a marriage mulligan. For Hall & Oates, Another 500 or so casinos in Las Vegas so Cirque du Soleil can finally get around to doing a show based on them. For Barack Obama, a reset switch on his presidency. For the U.S. economy, a bit more stimulus to goose that whole stimulus thing into action. For newspaper headline writers everywhere, something else to write other than the recession appears to be over. For the Democrats in Congress, a year's supply of whole milk to put a little calcium into their spine. For medical science to study, Dick Cheney's heart, George Bush's brain, and Howard Dean's mouth. For Glenn Beck, a one-way ticket on the clue train. For Joe Lieberman, a diamond-studded collar to befit his position as GOP lapdog. And finally, for the state of Texas, a timeout. So they can stop executing people with IQs of 62 and stop electing them governor as well. For Radio Parallax... I'm Will Durst, hoping that the corpulent, bearded one in the scarlet suit smiled upon your chosen shrubbery. All right, we're going to get out a little bit early in segment one, and in our second and third segments today, we're going to play some stuff that's from our favorite list. Encore performances to be selected by Mr. Edwin McMillan. You're listening to Radio Parallax. I'm Douglas Everett. 